and welcome to another edition of the PCOS Diva podcast. This is your host, Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. And today we're going to be talking about one of the tools in my PCOS Diva lifestyle toolkit, and that's emotional freedom technique or tapping. And I've asked a tapping expert, Jessica Ortner, to join us today. She is, and I love how um, she states this, she's a stress reduction and weight loss coach and a feel-good activist. And she's the New York Times bestselling author of The Tapping Solution for Weight Loss and Body Confidence and the producer of The Tapping Solution. It's a breakthrough documentary film on EFT tapping. So welcome, Jessica, to the PCOS Diva podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So I love the um, byline of your book. So it's The Tapping Solution for Weight Loss and Body Confidence, and it's a woman's guide to stressing less, weighing less, and loving more. And isn't that what we could all use? Yes, exactly. And and yet, for that line, um, for many people, they've never thought of it like that because we live in a society that's taught us that in order to to lose weight that we need to push and we need to punish ourselves. And um, one thing I often say in the book is that you can't hate yourself happy and you can't criticize yourself thin um, and you can't shame yourself healthy. And that's the strategy that so many women are using. And it's important to really address the emotional side of weight loss and to take a different approach. Yeah, I think we really need to change the paradigm. And so many women with PCOS can really relate. You know, I say this all the time. You know, they're, they're, they go to the doctor and they're told they have to lose weight, um, you know, in order to get pregnant or for their PCOS symptoms to uh, subside. And but they're not really given much direction. So you know, they start the whole cycle of what I call diet deprivation and denial, and they try to sweat out the PCOS at the gym and, and kind of this body punishment um, philosophy. <laughs> and, right. you know, that just doesn't really work. It, it's not sustainable. And that's who who wants to live that way? Right. I think it's important in, to have a, a sense of self-compassion. And often compassion is easier when we begin to have a better understanding of why we're acting in a certain way, when we stop looking at ourselves as doing something wrong, but we understand our behaviors. And there's there's two main reasons that we get into that cycle of feeling that we need to do the diet and deprivation and, and that kind of fighting mentality. And the first one is, is the obvious one, which is just the culture that we live in. I mean, we're surrounded by shows like The Biggest Loser um, or just that mentality of you have to suffer in order to get results. And and I'll share in a moment as to why that doesn't work. And there's actually been a huge article in the New York Times about how that doesn't work and how many of those people have just gained the weight again. But the other thing that's important to understand is that when you get any kind of diagnosis or you get PCOS or the doctor says you have to lose weight or else, you know, in order to get pregnant, when we have that moment, there is an incredible amount of fear. And when we are overwhelmed by fear, there's very interesting things that happen in the body. Now, one of the first things that happened is is actually to, to understand why this happens, let's kind of rewind a bit to our ancestors. When they were out in the woods, and people might have heard this before, but 
our ancestors, when they were off hunting and gathering, when there was a warning sign, a noise, something off, their whole body got, became really tense and they got into that fight or flight mode. Now, you hear this fight or flight, but there's also the third response, which is freeze. But the point is that our body has a very physical response to danger. And so when we get a PCOS diagnosis or we get some news from our doctor, our body begins to react the same way it would react for our ancestors who were in danger. The difference is when you're in the doctor's office or you hear some news or you're just Googling something and you're learning something that is that is frightening you, you don't literally have to fight anything off and you don't have to run. Yet your body is in that fight or flight mode which has that overproduction of cortisol, your adrenaline peaks, the blood rushes out of your brain, the excess blood rushes out of your brain into your arms and your legs into your extremities so that you could fight or you can flee. And when that happens, it's very hard to think clearly. It's very hard to be innovative. It's very hard to do what you know. I have a lot of people who say, oh, I, I'm learning about self-care, but I'm just not doing it. When we are scared, it's important to understand that we are not our most resourceful and brilliant selves because our body is reacting in this ancient way. Now, when we have that understanding as to what's happening when we are under fear, once we have that understanding, it's easier to be more compassionate towards ourselves instead of judging that fear or that panic, beginning to understand why we're having it in the first place. Our body is just trying to help us, but it's acting in this old way. And what we need to do now is to teach our body that even when faced with a challenge, that it is safe to begin to relax because it is through relaxation, which you talk about so much, that our body begins to heal and re regenerate and we begin to have um, a better relationship and we're able to support our, our body better. That is so true. And I think you're right. The awareness part of it is so key. Um, so, you know, listeners, definitely pay attention to, you know, that, that fear response um, next time you experience it and see if you can use something like tapping to um, kind of elicit more of a relaxation response. So, Jessica, for those who have never heard of tapping or emotional freedom technique, can you give us a, a quick overview? Um, and then maybe you can kind of share your story. You know, how did you discover it, and how has it helped you in your journey? Absolutely. So, tapping, uh, it's not tap dancing, which a lot of people think mm -hmm. it's, literally using your fingers to tap on acupressure points uh, to help relieve stress. So if we look back and we, we go back to that example of our ancient our ancestors that had that fight-or-flight response, when we are in that moment and we are feeling that stress and that panic about what the doctor just said or the phone call we just got or what we just read online, when we begin to have that panic and that stress, the truth is that we're not experiencing that stress just in our head. It's not a thought that just lives in our head and we have an emotion in our head. We feel it with our entire body. And so we might begin to read about the power of positive thinking, which I do believe in. We might be able to read about what we should do, how we should think. But when when we are in that state of panic, our body 
is in that state, and it's so hard for us to think our way out of it. And that is what often causes insomnia, staying up at night, trying to, you know, thinking and thinking and thinking and trying to think of a better thought or trying to not think. But it's so hard because we have that clenching, that feeling in our stomach. Or maybe it even shows up like a pain in our back. But we have these physical reactions to stress. What we're doing with tapping is we are encompassing the body as well as the mind. So when you have a thought it creates that tension, that stress in your whole body. And so what you want to do with tapping is you think about, you actually focus on what is really bothering you as you begin to tap on these acupressure points. Now, these acupressure points are points that many of you may already be using and you don't even realize. For example, one point is the eyebrow point where the hair of your eyebrows begin, and sometimes you see people with their whole hand kind of clenching that top, that bridge of their nose, Or um, another acupressure point is on your chest and you see people comforting themselves by putting their hand over their chest. These are points that we intuitively know relax us. When we begin to think of a stressful thought while we stimulate these relaxing points, it sends a calming signal from our body to our brain, letting our brain know that even with these thoughts, even with these concerns, it's safe to relax. And when you're able to relax your body, it is so much easier to think an empowering thought. It's so much easier to find a solution, to get an idea. You know, as you know, with, with any type of diagnosis, we have to become advocates to our own health. And if we are so overwhelmed with stress and anxiety and fear about the diagnosis, it's so hard to find what is going to work for us because every individual is different. It's a healing adventure that we're on. And so as we're on this adventure, the more we're able to relax and to take a deep breath, the easier it is for us to discover a path that works for us. And so, again, just to recap, tapping is a technique where you tap on acupressure points in order to relax your body so you can still think those thoughts without having the physical anxiety, and that is when you're in control again. So for those of you who are wondering what the points are, I have I will um, attach an image um, below the podcast um, as well as a link to an article that I wrote that shows all of the, the tapping points and kind of takes you through a, a tapping session. Um, but I think what I really love about Jessica's book is she has these really powerful scripts, I guess you would call them, mm-hmm. for um, a tapping session, especially around um, emotional eating and body confidence and self-love. And maybe you could just explain, you know, what, why the importance of the script and that kind of internal dialogue that goes along with the tapping of the acupressure points. Absolutely. So I can answer that question and also the one that you asked before as to why this is something that I became oh, yeah. involved in. Um, mm-hmm. I I learned about tapping and it didn't take me long just to have an experience and realize it works. 
And so for those who are listening, if you're skeptical, I think that's very healthy. Uh, and my, you know, my piece of advice is just to give it a try because it is very simple. And the challenge with it being so simple is people think that simple things aren't as powerful. And it's actually the simple things that we do that make the biggest difference in our lives. So, I began to use tapping, and I, I saw very quickly that it was able just to help me with stress. It helped me with um, a, I had a cold because I had a lot of stress that I ended up getting sick, and I tapped, and I felt the cold symptoms go away, and it was it was incredible. A few then I forgot it. Then I just stopped using it because I just learned it, thought it was cool, had great results, went on with my life. Then I went through a breakup, and it made a massive difference um, with the whole experience. And I began to use it on many things and teamed up with my brother, and we made a documentary about it. And I was using tapping on many things, but I wasn't using it on the one thing that felt like my deepest, darkest secret, and that was the massive, massive struggle that I had with my body image and with my weight. Ever since I was 15, I would fluctuate drastically. It would go from... Um, I would gain a lot of weight, and then I would do a diet. And regardless of what diet you use, any most diets they work for like a week. They do. You you know you you deprive yourself. You eat less. You do whatever they say, and uh, and you tend to lose you know a few pounds. But what I was doing was never. I was never able to be consistent with it because it felt so hard, and it felt like. I just didn't have the willpower. And so I really felt like something in me was broken. I felt like it was unfair that losing weight and being at a healthy weight was just easier for everybody else. And for me, it was going to be a lifetime struggle. And I also tied my weight, I tied it very closely to my worth. I had a mentor um once where I actually went to volunteer at a health event, an event about, you know, nutrition. And this mentor of mine who I really respected, and I was only maybe 20 or 21 at the time, told me, he said, you know, you're fat and no one is going to listen to what you have to say until you lose weight. And it was one of the most painful things I heard. And one of the reasons it was so painful was it was really what I had been telling myself. It was my mantra and here the 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 words i was telling myself were being reflected back by someone else that i respected and that just fueled me to hate myself more and to think well i just need to push more and i am not allowed to be happy until i lose weight i'm not allowed to feel good about myself until i lose weight i'm not allowed to date so i'm not allowed to stand on stage i'm not allowed to have something important to say until i lose weight and so the emotions around this experience and my self-worth were so tied into that number on that scale. And that struggle and that fighting, it never worked. And it was really purely out of exhaustion, just absolute exhaustion, that I, that I came to the realization, wow, I'm using this thing on tapping on everything except this. You know, I, I talk about self-love and I talk about the power of stress relief and I am filming a documentary about it, but I'm not using it on this because I was so brainwashed to believe the only way I would get results was by hating myself. And so I began to look at the beliefs and the patterns and the events that I saw in my own life. I began to look at my weight 
as a metaphor. I began to look at it as um, as an emotional experience, as looking at what are the emotions that are leading me to overeat. And besides the, because the thing about behaviors is, um, excuse me, the thing about emotions and why it's so important to deal with stress and emotions is that it impacts two different things. The first thing is that it impacts our behaviors. When we are stressed, food becomes our anti-anxiety medication. You know, so often we are not having any pleasure or any self-care in our lives, and the only time we feel good is when we're indulging in some chocolate. And so all of a sudden we get on a diet and we deprive ourselves of the only thing that we have allowed, we have used to feel good about ourselves, and that lack of pleasure leads us to sabotage our own success. And so it's important to look at the emotions and also how we take care of ourselves when it comes to our behaviors. And the other thing which I know that you talk about, Amy, is the importance of looking at the emotions when it comes to our hormones. I was trying to panic my way into weight loss, and that panic was creating an overproduction of cortisol, which is directly linked to belly fat and to weight gain. And so here I was thinking that the panic and the anxiety would lead me to change, but that panic and anxiety was the very thing that was keeping me stuck in place. And so I had to make a decision. I had to realize, number one, the pattern of dieting and deprivation was not working. I was doing the same thing and expecting a different result, which Einstein calls insanity. I had to first acknowledge that I was acting like a crazy person (laughs) with doing this thing over and over again. And the second thing I had to do is say, all right, I'm ready to take the emotional journey. I'm ready to take a closer look at my emotions around food and my emotions around my self-image. And I had to begin to realize that before that weight loss doesn't lead to body confidence. When I could first feel confident in my body, when I could first value my body exactly where it was, it was easier to take care of myself and then lose weight. You know, Amy, it's so hard to take care of something that you hate, but it's very easy to take care of something that you value. When we begin to deal with the stress and the emotions we have around our body and we begin to see its value even with the extra weight, even with the PCOS, when we see the value in our body before we even experience any results, when we can appreciate our body where we are, it is so much easier to get those results. That's when the results actually come. It's when it actually happens. And that's the biggest shift that I hope people make is to realize it's not about depriving yourself until you get the result. It's about feeling good in your body. It's about valuing yourself, and then the results come. Yeah, and it can be such a leap of faith because so many women feel so betrayed by their bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure that are listening to, to this call today. So how how do you take that leap of faith and how can tapping help? Well, this is what tapping this is why tapping is so amazing because we have a lot of conversations about the importance of self-care and there's so many things that we know but practicing them can seem so difficult. Or we know we should think a certain way or we know we should feel a certain way but actually having that experience is very difficult. And one of the reasons it's difficult is because at first we don't allow ourselves to actually acknowledge how we feel. Now, this is a slippery slope. This is tricky because we hear about the importance of feeling good. We hear about how stress and negative emotions uh, impact our 
hormones and impact our entire health. And so the challenge is we hear this information and we begin to fear stress. So what happens? We suddenly become overwhelmed and stressed, and on top of feeling overwhelmed and stressed, we're now upset at ourselves. We're angry that we're overwhelmed and stressed because we know it's not going to help us. And so we begin to pile on these emotions and we shame ourselves for feeling a certain way. We feel disappointed in ourselves because we can't just be happy because we're struggling. One of the first steps with tapping is acknowledging, hey, this is hard. I This is a lot for one person. I am struggling. I am upset. This feels incredibly unfair. Now, the difference is that when we say those words without doing something like tapping, we're just, uh, we get to the point where we're just indulging in them. We're just kind of swimming in them. We're not getting anywhere. But when we're able to have an honest conversation and go, you know what, this is really hard. I am really struggling. I am really hurt. I'm really disappointed. When we can have those moments of saying that and tapping on these acupressure points, it's such a relief. Now, one of the things that I haven't um, talked about yet is is how to begin tapping. There's something called a, a setup phrase, the setup statement, which is literally setting yourself up for this process of tapping. And the setup statement is even though, and you name the symptoms and you name the the challenge or you name the emotions, even though I am so upset, I accept myself and how I feel. For many people, this is just, so hard to grasp because why would you want to accept something that you so desperately want to change? Well, we know we know from experience that fighting these feelings isn't working. When you give yourself a moment to just accept where you are, accept how you feel, it is liberating. It is freeing to be able to go, yes, this is how I feel. And even though I have these symptoms and even though this is hard and even though I'm crying and I'm upset, I accept that this is where I am. I allow myself to have this experience, to process these emotions, emotions, energy in motion. These emotions get stuck in us when we don't give them that motion. We don't give them that freedom to be expressed and relieved when we just continuously stuff those feelings down, saying that we shouldn't think that way, we shouldn't feel that way, that we should get our act together. When we allow ourselves to just feel that feeling, accept where we are, it is, again, incredibly liberating. And tapping makes the process gentle. It makes it easy because as we're expressing how we feel, we are allowing our entire body to relax and it's easier to process these feelings. And when people follow along with the tapping script and they go to the website you mentioned, when you give yourself that experience to just start where you are and then gently move towards you, where you want to be, uh, it's really incredible how easy it is. And um, it's a very intuitive process as well. So for those who wonder, oh, I don't know if I'm doing it right, it's not about doing it right. It's about giving yourself that experience. So, you know, just kind of jump in and give it a try and experiment with it. Yeah, it, you know, I think it takes the fear of really feeling those feelings um, or it eases the fear. You, so many of um, women that I've worked with, and, and myself included, you know, we stuff our feelings down with food because we're afraid of the intensity of those feelings to, um, to kind of let them out. And I think that tapping really gives you a vehicle to let them out 
in a way that isn't as painful as you think it may be. Yes, yeah, exactly. And when it comes to food, one of my advices is say, you know, I'll do a little challenge for those who are listening. So oftentimes when you hear anyone talk about weight loss, they give you a challenge of like, for the next 30 days, cut out this certain food. I'm not going to tell you to cut anything out. What I'm asking you is before you begin to eat, before you take a bite of something, take a deep breath and ask yourself, how do I feel? Because a lot of times our eating and our emotions around eating are so unconscious. We don't really realize. Um, for example, I was I was speaking in London. This is a story I share often because I think it's a great example of how tapping can work for cravings and, and emotional eating. And I had uh, these three people come on stage, and we began to tap while focusing on the physical cravings. Tapping works very well with physical cravings. And when we did um, a tapping round where we just stated this feeling, just stated the craving, I really want this chocolate, I really want this chocolate, and we began to kind of express how we feel as we tapped, um, what we did actually, I'll back up for one moment, before we began to tap, we measured on a scale of 0 to 10 how strong the craving was, that desire to eat that food. And for the women that came up, everybody was at a 10. And after doing some tapping on the basic symptoms, uh, one one woman, she didn't have the craving anymore. She felt calm emotionally and realized that the craving had disappeared. For two of the other women, um, one woman had an aha moment, and she realized that her grandmother used to sneak her chocolate and that every time she just needed some extra love, any time she just wanted to connect with her grandmother, she would reach for that chocolate. And through tapping, she was able to realize, first of all, oh, it's not that I'm powerless around chocolate. It's that what I'm, and it's not that I have these intense cravings for chocolate. I'm having this intense craving for love, for just a moment of feeling connected to my grandmother, of feeling special. And when she was able to make that connection and to tap on this belief that that's the only way she could feel that way, she began to come up with all these different ideas of how she could just feel that love and it was as simple as just putting her hands over her heart and taking a deep breath and just remembering that love and how special she felt around her grandmother and that having moments of allowing herself to feel those feelings were really important for her well-being once she was able to do that the chocolate craving disappeared now what was interesting with the third woman as 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 we were doing you know as we focused on each woman everyone in the audience was tapping everybody was tapping and following along and I asked the third woman, well, what's your experience? On, on, a, on the scale of 0 to 10, um, has the craving completely gone away? And she said, it's at a 0. And I was like, wow, great, success, phew. You know, I was nervous in front of all these people. And then she said, oh, but I, I still want it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So the physical craving for the food is gone. And she said, absolutely, there's no craving. And I said, okay, but you still want it. And she said, yes. So I asked her, "What would is there?" I asked her, "Is there a certain time of the day when you really want that food? When you really want that chocolate? That's the food that we are focusing on." And she said, "Yes, right after work." And then I asked her, "What would happen if you weren't allowed to have that chocolate after work?" And she said, "There would be no way to let go of the stress from work. There'd be no way to relax." So even though the physical craving was gone. That chocolate was a first a little reward for surviving the workday and a way to let the workday go. 
And so what we began to do is to not tap on the food or the craving or her weight or any of that. We began to tap on her emotions around work. And when she was able to focus on work and also the belief that the only way to let go of the stress of the day was chocolate, not only did her physical craving go down, but the desire left her because she was able to find a way to relax. So I mention this because as we as we kind of go through this journey and we want to lose weight, it's sometimes we get so focused on the weight itself, about tapping on the craving or just focusing on the physical weight. But oftentimes that weight is just a, a symptom. That behavior is a symptom of something else. And so maybe what you need to focus on when it comes to stress management has nothing to do with with PCOS, has nothing to do with weight. Maybe it has everything to do with your work or a relationship in your life. And when you begin to relieve that stress, that's when the other things begin to fall into place and it becomes so much easier to get those results. Mm. Yeah, you know, I think that a great question, something that I ask myself when I'm having cravings is, what am I really hungry for? Mm, Great question. I can usually tie it to I'm in need of some type of self-care and pleasure. And um, I know that you end your book on that note and, and the importance of self-care and pleasure. And that's something that, that you know, I, I really try to hit home with PCOS Diva, um, that a diva needs to practice self-care. But, some, gosh, sometimes it's really hard hard to put yourself first, especially when you're in that place of, um, you know, back in that place of self-punishment. But how can you... Through through your work and your experience working with women, how do you move women to that place of um, realizing self care and pleasure is just paramount. I think one the the first step is to address the blocks we have towards it because you know we there's a lot of research. I mean, there is no denying that feeling good is good for your body. That feeling good is good medicine. If you want the best vitamin, the best hormone balancer, the best, um, you know, just the best thing for your body is to feel good. So we know that, but so why is it something that we struggle with? And that question, that answer is different for for everyone. But something that comes up a lot is guilt. Is that feeling of, well, who am I to take care of myself when so many people depend on me? Especially women, we, it's, many of us fall into that caregiving position. And so we think that um, in order to be valued as a human being, we need to be able to give. And this is generational. Now, this is this is something I'm speaking to because I know your audience is it's an audience of women. And this is not something that we just picked up. This is not just something that we, you know, were born with. Um, we, maybe that's not the right way to say it because we did pick it up. It's not something that we just invented in our own mind. It's something that we're surrounded with. We come from, if you think about your your mother and your grandmother, so much of their value was based on taking care of other people. And a lot of us women, we think that the more selfless we are, um, the better person we are. And we look at self-care as being selfish, as, as being something that we don't deserve, or, or being something that we need to earn. I will... I will feel good once, and then we list all these things. I'll feel good once my um, once my spouse is happy, once this project at work is done, once my house is paid off, 
and we we kind of deny ourselves self-care and pleasure because we think that it needs to be a reward. Um, it's not a reward. Self-care and pleasure is not something that you earn. It is an essential ingredient to living, to surviving, to having a healthy life. And so, you know, a great place to start is what's the hesitation when you begin to take care of yourself? What's that little voice that's telling you, no, you shouldn't be doing this. You don't deserve this. You have a million thing, other things to do. And notice that voice and begin to just simply tap on those acupressure points as you give that little voice in your head an opportunity to vent. You know, we sometimes think that in order to get rid of the voice, we have to ignore it. No, no, no. Once we just, when we really give ourselves a, a chance to listen to that voice and tap, we begin to realize how silly and ridiculous that voice is. And it doesn't control us. It doesn't have the same power over us over us when we begin to shine that light. The problem is when we notice it and we kind of shove it in the darkness, that's where it really begins to grow. And so when it comes to self-care, just notice that little reluctant voice and just give yourself a, a moment to acknowledge that as you begin to tap. Yeah, that's great, great advice. And, and gosh, there's just so many nuggets of wisdom in your book. I wish we had time to talk about you know all of the different um, aspects of you know, helping you to learn your to love yourself and your body through through tapping. Um, your book is something that I um, would share with all of my one-on-one coaching clients when I was um, in private practice doing coaching. It's it's really life changing, and I, I really recommend you know everybody that's listening to um, pick up a copy because we just barely scratch the surface. Uh, <laughs> And, and I think just the um, the scripts that you give alone are just so valuable. Um, so thank you for writing and, and writing this book and sharing your your experience and wisdom with us all, Jessica. Well, thank you for thank you for your kind words. It's so sweet. I put a lot of work and a lot of heart into that this, this book. So that means a lot to me. And, um, and and people can pick it up. It's really anywhere, most Barnes and Nobles, and you can also get it on Amazon. Um, and I also have a seven-week weight loss and body confidence program. You know, I was telling you, we were chatting a little bit before we started, I believe that, um, I believe in the power of a, of a community. I think what you're doing is so important because when we're struggling with something, whether it's weight or whether it's with a diagnosis, we often feel really isolated. We feel very alone. We feel um, that it's very unfair that, you know, that we're suffering with this. And one of the kind of most important parts of healing and being consistent in this healing journey is finding a community um, that supports us. And so I, I tried to create that community with the seven-week program. And um, I just think what you're doing is is so important. And I just want to say thank you to you for creating this amazing community because I know this is, you know, what you're addressing is something that's so common and not um, many people are talking about it. And when more people talk about it, that's really when the healing begins. Uh, well, thanks. It's really a labor of love, and, and I think people aren't talking about it in the framework of a holistic approach. I mean, certainly, yeah, exactly. you know, adding the, 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 the pharmaceutical drugs and you know, kill yourself at the gym and go on a diet, but PCOS can absolutely be managed, um, and so much healing can happen when we really, what we talked about today, taking a look at your emotions and experiencing those emotions, and and taking time for self-care and learning to love yourself where you are. 
um, and and your book really encompasses all all of those messages. So uh, please, listeners, take a take a look at the book and take a look at Jessica's site and her program. We're going to have a a link to it at the end of this podcast. Um, and also, Jessica, you have a you also have a podcast. So I do, yes, well. and it's not it's. It's um I don't com- only talk about tapping. I actually it's called Adventures in Happiness and uh it's really that it's just an adventure in in productivity and wellness and spirituality. I interview a lot of really fun guests and um and it's it's very joyous and fun and so people want to listen to it, they can find it on iTunes. Um just you can Google my name, Jessica Ortner and Adventures in Happiness. Oh, I can't wait to add that to my podcast feed. Um, <laughs> thank you. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Jessica, for joining us today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I look forward to being with you again soon. Bye-bye.